Assistant Pastor and Sister Twyman, we thank God for them always, for the service that they rendered some 42 years here at Macedonia Baptist Church, and for the service that he continues to render. Even in the death and passing of a loved one, pastor is still here preaching the word. To our assistant pastor, Pastor Minor, to our pulpit, pulpiteer, we thank him. To our guest, Pastor Easton, and to all the ministers, to all the deacons, to all the trustees, and to all the visitors and guests, we greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Pray with me this morning. Uh, the message might be bigger than me, but this is what the Lord gave me to say. So I ask that he give me everything that I need in this hour that I might say to you what thus said the Lord. Like you to draw your attention to the gospel according to Luke, chapter 17. Be reading the 26th to the 29th verse. And it reads as so. I'll be reading from the NIV version of the Bible also. Just as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it be in the day of the Son of Man. People were eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. Then the floods came and destroyed them all. It was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planning and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. From those particular verses, we like to pin the theme outside the ark of safety. outside the ark of safety. In 2001, 9-11 took place. And then in 2020, a pandemic hit this world. In both cases, fear grabs hold to everyone in this world, especially in this last pandemic. 9-11 affected America more than it affected the rest of the world, but this pandemic has affected us in a way that has never been seen before. Amen. As a matter of fact, in my research, I'm, not, I'm basing it on what was shown to me in dates and times, March 26, 2020 was when the pandemic first was publicized as being here in this world. Yesterday was a two-year anniversary, and today made two years and one day that we've been grappled with fear. Many, just like the American mindset, Western culture mindset, we take the mindset of the Titanic. Men say it can't be sunk. 
but an iceberg pierced the hull of that ship and caused it to sink to the bottom of the ocean. They felt that they were safe because they were told that this was the safest ship that ever was built. But we see the end results of that. It's sunk to the bottom of the sea. However, in my reading and my studying, the church building has been described as a type of ark. And if you look up above your head, if you look at the pillars, the beams that run across, and and the timber that runs up and down, it reminds you of a hull of a ship. Even though this building represents a type of ark, the church is held inside of each and one, one of us. Luke, our author here in this 17th chapter of Luke, is pinning what Jesus said as an eyewitness not necessarily a witness, but he was a witness to what other people had told him, and he wrote as the Holy Spirit moved upon him. But this was a pre-tribulation period. It was pre-Armageddon. It was pre-rapture, and it was pre-millennium period when this was penned. Most of this took place in Judah and Persia. This was during the Second phase of Jesus' ministry. He's in his second year of ministry at this time. And his purpose was stated in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. But as we open this 17th chapter of Luke, it opened with a striking lesson of the art of forgiveness. Luke said, as Jesus spoke to the, to the Pharisees and to the disciples, how many times will you forgive your brother in one day? Some said, well, he said, well, seven times. They said, wow, seven times? Seven times seven. That's a lot of forgiveness, isn't it? But, Because they couldn't grapple the very thought of forgiving somebody that many times in one day, they made a a startling statement that we need to make. Lord, increase my faith and help me in this situation. Because if if I'm not in the ark of safety, I won't be able to forgive my brothers and my sisters. This was the high standard that was set. So a question I repeal to you this with this morning is, how careful are we about how we cause offenses among the brothers and sisters? Can we be messy? Or the question is, are we messy? In November 2021, Reverend James O'Rear follow up in verse 11 through 19, and he talked to, to us about the attitude of gratitude. 
because he reminded us that 10 leopards asked for healing. I cried out to God and he healed them. But only one turned around and gave God praise. Yes, sir. What is our attitude of gratitude this morning? Where has God brought you from? Let's not go back even, let's not go back from our cradle. Let's go back for the last two years. Some numbers that I've looked up in, in relation to the pandemic. In the United States alone, based on as of 3-26-2022, 675,000 people have died in the United States. And throughout this world, 6,143,121 people have died. But look what God has done for us. All right. Yes, sir. Look what he, he has kept us when we couldn't keep ourselves. He has preserved us when we couldn't preserve ourselves. And just like the preacher said earlier, he has allowed us to work when other people were unemployed. He allowed us to have finances to do whatever we wanted to do and even to go wherever we wanted to go if that's what we so desired. We are truly indebted to God for all that he has done for us. You might not think so. Maybe you think you've done it on your own. Maybe you feel like, I've been doing it all this time. I get up, I lay down, and I get up. But the scripture says that in God we live and move and have our being. That's right, that's right. It's in him that you're able to get up, to lay down, and get up again. Because some of us have been sick in these last two years. That's right, that's right. Even sick to the point that we thought that we were going to die. That's right. But God raised us up. Yes, sir. Preach. Make a plan. Make a plan. Yes, sir. And don't be on the outside of the ark of safety this morning. That's right. Don't find yourself left out in the wilderness. As we pick up our scripture in that 20th, that 17th chapter in that 20th verse, Jesus was emphasizing here the, com- the coming of the kingdom of God. All right. He was emphasizing this to the to Pharisees and the Gentiles as well so as the disciples. But in that 16th chapter, in that 16th verse, in that 17th verse, he, he reminded them of something and he picks it back up in this 17th chapter in the 20th verse. The law and the prophets were proclaimed unto John. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached. And everyone is forced 
forcing their way into it. Is it easier for heaven and earth to disappear than for the least stroke of the pen of, uh, to drop out of the law? God did his, he came and fulfilled his purpose. How are we fulfilling the purpose that he's given for us? Are we witnessing for Christ? Are we telling somebody that the time is drawing near? I'm reminded of a song. The storm is out on the ocean and it's moving this old way. If your soul is not anchored in Jesus, you will surely drift away. Once in that 20th verse, it says, once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the coming of the kingdom of God is not that something that can be observed, nor will people say here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. We house the kingdom of God. We are the vessels, and we've seen this in our Sunday school lesson this morning. We are the temple of the living God. And how are we carrying out our life in this world? You want some observation? You want to see some observation? Be rapture ready. That's the only observation that we need to have, to be rapture ready. Because the time... If you're paying attention to all that's happening around us, the time is getting a lot shorter than it used to be. Jesus addressed the Pharisees publicly because they asked the question publicly. But in that next verse, that twenty, that next verse to start at that twenty-second verse, he then addressed his disciple. He then said to his disciple. The time is coming when you will, will, will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you will not see it. People will tell you, there it is, and here it is. Jim Jones, the guy that said he was going to take on the spaceship and go back to heaven, they all say, here it is, and there it is. Some have prophesied that it's going to be this day or that day. But only God knows. But will you be raptured ready when that time comes? Paul, we reflect back from that point to the question we have to be asked from our text 26, 27, 28, and 29. Who was Noah? Who was Noah? The Bible says in Genesis 9, 69, that Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation, and he walked with God. What is our walk with God today? It appeared to during that time when Noah was building the ark, that people were living their best life. That's right. 
just before the flood came. They, but they didn't pay attention to the impending danger that was coming. God brought about a universal flood, flood that destroyed all mankind except Noah and his family. They were spared. Peter, 2 Peter picks it up this way in 2 Peter 2 and 5. For if God spared not the whole old world, but saved Noah and eight persons, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, what do you think he's going to do for us or to That's us? Right. He goes on to say in 2 Peter 2 and 4, But God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. Don't find yourself on the outside of the ark of safety. Since Jesus said that in the last day, that well, society has paralleled itself to that. Look at us today. Widespread violence. Every time you turn on the TV, it's nothing good. Storms in places that we never thought storms would be. Tornadoes where we never thought tornadoes would be. Flooding, what we never thought flooding would be. That's right. But it's in the book. Yes, sir. He told us this. And he's saying this in the time of Luke. This, I know this is a future event and it's not happening right now, but what are we doing to prepare for it? That's right. What are we doing to prepare for this? Are we sending up true timber to God? Are we doing the things that we need to do to be raptured ready? We're also reminded in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And every imagination or intent of the thought and heart of his heart the seat of his intelligence, emotion, and will was on evil continuously. But then he picks it up in that sixth verse, that B clause, and it grieved God that he, to his heart. I know a lot of people say he, it, it made God angry because he made man. No, he didn't get angry. God never makes mistakes. God never makes mistakes. It didn't grieve him that he made a mistake. The only thing that grieved God is that how far man had fallen from what he created him to be. That's the only thing that grieved God. How far have we fallen from what he designed us to be? He's designed us to worship him. But look at us today. Look how we have rejected God and continue to reject God. But we were reminded in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 29 through 31, for they that hated knowledge did not choose to fear the Lord. They were none of their, uh, my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Therefore, shall, they shall eat of the fruit of their own ways and be filled with their own desires. Paul said that in Timothy, he said that we are, it's a perilous time. 
and we are not, every man is looking to his own device, his own pleasure, his own feelings, and he's doing everything that he wants to do. He has forgotten that God has the last word. Noah also lived in perilous times. During the days of Noah, it seemed that God had, God had given humanity 120 years to change his evil ways. Yeah. He allowed Noah to preach for 120 years. But in that sixth verse of Genesis chapter, chapter 6, verse 3, he made remind us that my spirit shall not always strive with man forever. For he indeed is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years time frame. God was long suffering for 120 years with mankind before he brought about the disaster. Do we think we got 120 years today? These last two years should remind us that time is not like it used to be. We might not have 120 years. Today is the day of salvation. Because tomorrow is not promised to none of us. Today. Today. Noah preached that message for 120 years, warning them. How long will the warning take? Have these last two years not warned you at all? about what God can do and what he's capable of doing. But look at his grace. Look at us. We're here. That's right. Yes, sir. In 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 20, it says, which sometime was disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited for the, in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, only eight souls were saved by water. Do you want to be in that number when the church is raptured? Just like then, man is not responding to God. He don't care. He's not concerned. He's all about seeking his own pleasure. His heart has become hard-hearted toward God, and he's annoying God at all costs. The longer he persists, he persists at the un, more unsound reasoning his reasoning becomes. The longer he, he persists at sin, his reasoning becomes become hardened. It becomes scared. It becomes a state of reproach. He become reprobate yes. to God's word. Where are you at today? Where are you at today? Where are you at today? We're living in an evil society that refuse to repent, that refuse to acknowledge sin and give over their lives to God. But thanks be to God we have found our way into the ark of safety. 
and we are not on the outside of the ark of safety. For this reason, Jesus stated, out of the heart proceeded evil thoughts in Matthew 15 and 19. Murder, adultery, fornication, theft, false witness, blaspheming, which the Western culture promotes at every cost, and the whole world follows suit. Everybody want to be like America. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Because we have walked away from our first love. We have ignored the counsel of God and given ourselves over to pleasure, materialism, to idolatry, to violence, even to the point we have become, if you look at us now as, as this pandemic has showed us, we are becoming a third world country in a sense. Reverend Shoemate missing grocery stores. You know, on TV you have seen in different, different times in our life, we see when we watch all the third world country, they're in line for food. They go to the grocery stores and there's hardly anything there. Are we close to that? Or are we already there? Because if you go in the stores, it's almost empty now. You can't find anything. The cost of everything is sky high. But God's still keeping you and I. That's right. Hosea puts it this way in the fourth chapter, verse 1 through 3. He says, hear the word of the Lord, because there is no, in no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and touch blood upon blood. Just in the last two weeks, look at what happened. The mother was trying to save her son and somebody ran her over. Yeah. People are being killed every day for senseless killing. Yeah. For no reason at all. And blood is being spread, touching blood every day. Therefore shall the land mourn, and everyone that dwelleth therein shall languish a waste away. We are languishing, y'all, and we are wasting away. Because if you find yourself on the outside of the ark, you won't miss heaven altogether. History often repeats itself. Just as Jesus said, he will come as a thief in the night. God can determine when an entire society or nation has violated his law to a critical point where he will not tolerate them anymore. Where is America at today? Have we violated enough of God's laws to the point that he's not tolerating us anymore? But then, as we get into our rest of our scripture, in that 28th verse, he says, In the same day, Lot, the people were eating and drinking and buying and selling and building. But the day Lot left Sodom and fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. There's no clean cut warning. There was no clear cut warning at that time other than that God had given them a sign and he had told them to obey. 
He had talked to them over and over and over through the prophets and through all the other ones and through the laws and through his word. But they refused to hear God and he rained down fire from heaven. It won't be water this next time, but it'll be fire. So keep that in mind. But then it says in that 30th verse, I will be just like the, I, it will be just like this on that day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who is in the housetop with possessions inside shall go down and get them. Likewise, no one in the field shall go back and do to anything. Remember Lot's wife? That was a profound statement as I studied this because she was more inclined to her possessions and earthly comfort that she looked back and missed heaven. What are you looking back at this morning? What have you? What are you not willing to let go of this morning? What is God pulling on your heart that's a stumbling block to you this morning to let go of? And then you refuse to let go of it. Don't be like Lot's wife. Don't let your possession and earthly comforts cause you to be outside the ark of safety. Whosoever tried to keep his life will lose it. And whoever loses his life will preserve it. I tell you, on that night, two people will be in the bed and one be taken away and one will be left. Two women will be grinding together, and one will be taken, the other left. From these two verses of Scripture, I draw this to your attention to a couple of things. An aspect of life is mentioned here. Somebody was sleeping, somebody was grinding grain, and somebody was working in the field. Are you asleep today? Are you at work grinding, doing what does say at the Lord? Are you working in the vineyard, doing what does say at the Lord? And then we see the awesome statement that said in this last verse, the 37th verse. When God, when the Lord asked, when they asked the Lord, He replied, "Where there is." Where there is a death, dead body, there the vultures will gather. Six million, one hundred and forty-two thousand, one hundred and twenty-three thousand people are dead worldwide. Are there enough bodies for you yet? Have there been enough bodies for you yet to know that you need to be in the ark of safety. And how you get to the ark of safety this morning? How you find your way there this morning? It's very simple. It's not hard. The only complicated part about it is giving up self in order to get there. The only part that you have to do is deny yourself. And how can you do that this morning? You can believe the gospel message this morning. That Jesus Christ came down through 42 generations. Yes, sir. And that he tabernacled on this earth some 33 years. 
And one day he took up a Roman cross and he went to a hill called Calvary. Yeah. He allowed them to put nails in his hands yeah. and put ribbons in his feet yeah. and put a crown of thrones on his head. Yeah. And they pierced him in his thigh. Yeah. And he hung his head and locked up his shoulder. Yeah. And he gave up the ghost and he said, it's finished. Yeah. Yeah. Heaven and earth rocked like a drunken man. The stars fell from their sockets. Yeah. It got so dark, they said that you could touch it with your hand. Yeah. And they put him in the heart of the earth. Yeah. And he stayed there for three days and three nights. Yeah. But early Sunday morning, yeah. he got up that you won't be on the outside of the ark of safety. And he's coming back again. Yeah. Will you be raptured ready this morning? Will you be raptured ready?